Welcome to Make Out With Him, a crushes, dating, friendship and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rosiana Holt Rojas. We are here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him, her, them, everybody or nobody. This is a podcast in progress and we'll have guests in the future who aren't people like us. Um, you can send us your questions if you want us to answer them. It will be to an email. These aren't really words. It, you send them to an email address that is makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or you can use hashtag make, oh my god. Hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter or tweet at us at makeoutwithhim. I can't talk today at all. That's okay. Who needs talking? No, mostly If possible, please include no one. the pronouns and the name you'd like us to call you or just anonymous. Or runal. runal. Or whatever your heart desires. Have we had any runals? We have had some runals. We've had some runals. Thank God. Not that I don't read the questions and that Rosiana does all the legwork for this podcast. Who could have seen that one coming? Huh? <laughs> Out of the two... I don't think that's true. You're a very... Um, obviously, you're a very Hermione Gryffindor. And I'm a... I'm a Harry Gryffindor. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were a Ron. Oh, well, fine. If that's how you see me, very <laughs> Only insulted. Only because you're funny. Oh, yeah. And yeah, but you're not ginger, pe- but you could be. People, I could be. I have been in the past. People don't laugh with Ron. They laugh at Ron. <laughs> Only in the films. Maybe. People laugh with Ron in the books, right? I don't even know. I don't know if he's funny so much as he just, like, I think he's accidentally funny. Um, anyway, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm not a Ron. Um, I just, I, I've been thinking lately about how much I love podcasting because yes, we've both been making video for a long time and I think you have to be in a very particular place to want to make video and I especially just hate putting myself on camera when I'm not in the mood to be on camera and it's like a very intense thing to like be putting your face on a screen um and I I don't know I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately like more podcasts probably than YouTube than I've been watching YouTube videos and I just feel in a very audio place rather than a visual place so podcasting makes me happy I I think that that's going to be a big strength and maybe why podcasting is so popular in Roman is because people are kind of tired of having every single form of like narrative or news story or whatever from screens or at least I am like yeah. I'm really tired of looking at if I'm looking at screens eight or nine hours a day for work then I come home and I'm looking at screens for YouTube stuff and like and then I'm also looking at screens for Netflix or whatever I'm just kind of bored of it I want to be able to like listen to things and walk around I've been using my iPhone in the way that they used to use it in the um early iPod ads where you just put it in your pocket and you have your headphones on and you like just swan around everywhere pretending you're like someone with a walkman well we've both been uh well we've both been traveling we had great ambitions of recording an episode of the podcast together in amsterdam which did not happen um and then lexi went to norway and i went to mexico but then we've also both been unwell while on our trips we were both sick like when when rosanna was in mexico when i was in norway we were both ill and yeah we it was very pathetic it was just uh why bodies don't do that to us I um there was no episode over Easter, which is, was because we hadn't recorded one. Also, because of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know. I thought our rest. Lord was the Easter Bunny. Yeah, sorry, because of our Lord, the fluffy Easter Bunny, he would be offended if we put up a podcast on Monday, Easter Monday. Um, and yeah, I was in Norway. It was lovely. Norway is great. I imagine Mexico was nice too. Very nice. Lovely. Good. Good review. Put that. Except when you're vomiting. 
that's not so great. No. You should put up a Yelp review of Mexico, the country. Super great, except for the vomit. Yeah. Well, I had a UTI, and I went to a lovely farm which had a drop toilet, which is an outdoor toilet that's just a hole cut into some wood. (laughs) And you pee and you poop in it. And the lovely Norwegian hippie woman who owned the farm was like, if you need to make a poo, go on the toilet. If you need to make a pee, just go in the woods, but like away from the house. That's the ideal scenario when you have a UTI. <laughs> pee in the woods. Um, it's like the Blair Witch Project, oh, but yeah, straight to DVD. We were, <laughs> yep. We were uh, like kind of halfway up, not a mountain, but like a large hill. So you had to kind of climb up this hill into the woods near a fjord in the like Norwegian <laughs> wilderness to pee. And it was like a kind of beautiful, magical experience. I felt very connected to the earth, the sea, the elks. We didn't see any elks, but like, I felt like in the darkness, there was probably an elk watching me pee. It's like the plot of Frozen, but uh, with a UTI. It's exactly like the plot of Frozen. Thank you for nailing that one down. Cause I couldn't work it out, but that's exactly what it is. That's what I'm here for. That's why friendship exists. Agreed. Hey, should we answer some questions from our from our listeners? Yeah, we should, I suppose. Episode four's first question is from Sophie. He says, hi, ladies. I'd love to know if you guys have any advice on how to deal with dating when you're also dealing with hating yourself and your body. I also find it tough because I'm always comparing people I date to my ex of 5.5 years, and I don't know how to get out of that rut. Please help. Lots of love. Sophie, smiley face. Both, both, both strong questions. <laughs> all I have to say, strong questions, five out of five. All you wanted from yeah. us was a rating, right? Because that's all I'm giving you. It's like we rate dogs. Totally uh, question. I saw so many good dogs today. Anyway, sorry, we have to get back to this question. <laughs> I guess we probably shouldn't go on a dog tangent again. Yeah, we did do that last time. I say we, though. I mean, I did the Google. I listened. <laughs> I enabled. You enabled me. Um, so it's really di- difficult when you're struggling with like feelings of self-loathing and so on because on the one hand um it's great that you want to put yourself out there on the other hand it's also very hard to um walk the fine line between putting yourself out there and then also sometimes getting the um maybe validation or positive feelings that you need about your body from other people like I feel like sometimes I personally go straight from that feeling of self-loathing straight to this feeling of getting it from other people um however i would say that one of the biggest things to remember and i'm really sorry first of all that you're feeling this way like that really sucks and i'm i'm really really sorry um i would say that the thing to remember is that no one is focusing on you as much as you are and that sounds like kind of mean advice but what it really means is that everyone is at least 50,000% more focused on themselves and the things that they're worrying about and whether they're sweating and whether they're like, I don't know, whether they're looking good today and um, what someone else is thinking about them in that way um, rather than focusing on all those things about you. And I think that when you're struggling with feelings of some kind of like self-disgust, you feel like all of the bad things about yourself are really visible Um, but I just try to take time to remind yourself that like you're just another person in this world and you're doing the best you can and uh, just try to find ways maybe to like zoom out from that a little bit and acknowledge that everyone else is like worried about what they look like how they behave how they are a physical person in the world Um, 
definitely easier said than done. But yeah, I wish you the best of luck with that. That's good advice. You're like raising the game of this podcast. You're elevating us to the level of like maybe genuinely helpful. I doubt it. Take us out of the comedy section. We're ready for the big time. Just as an example, like this doesn't relate directly to dating or anything, but um, I have braces right now. And they are like, they're Invisalign braces. So they're, um, hashtag spawn. So they're, um, they are not very visible. Um, but you can tell, like if you're standing close to me that I have these like plastic things over my teeth and they also put these attachments on, uh, which are just like these little lumps on your teeth so that the braces can attach to them. I don't know why I stuck my fingers in my mouth and showed Rosianna my teeth then. Cause none of you can see that. Just imagine some teeth. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely start, like felt really self-conscious about it and I carried on introducing myself to people by being like, hi, I have braces. Like, <laughs> not strangers, that would be weird. Um, but yeah, like people at work, I'd be like, hey, I got braces. Because I wanted to like, I just felt like it was so at the forefront of how everyone was seeing me at that moment that I had to explain it and literally nobody noticed. Like no one thought anything was different. I thought I had a lisp. I thought my mouth was moving weirdly because I wasn't used to them yet. Like, no one noticed anything. And to me, that felt like it took over my day worrying that I like was presenting myself in this way and no one cared and no one noticed. And it was just, yeah, one of those things where you're just, obviously you're living inside your own head. So you can notice all the things about yourself, but just other people are like, oh cool, a person, a person for me to interact with. <laughs> to the second part of your question about comparing people to your ex, um, you know what? I don't have any solid advice on that front other than I think you're just going to have to like keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that eventually you probably will stop comparing those people to your ex and you'll have other like points of reference to compare people to or just to be themselves and, and, and know them as their own thing. But it's weird when you like meet someone for the first time because in a way it kind of feels like all you can do is put them in context of all these other experiences you've had. But I think the fact that you're self-aware that you're doing it is a good sign that maybe you're going to try and like actively not. My thing is that actually, um, this is going to sound a little harsh, but (laughs) most of my exes, if not all, the relationships were pretty bad and unhealthy. Maybe not all the time, but definitely for a good proportion of the time, uh, not good. And therefore, um when things are going well and I'm like happy, I compare it in the other way where I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) Like, which is the same thing really. Cause I'm comparing like the behavior of people in the past to like current behavior. Um, but it is hilarious because it's actually made me realize a lot of things about myself. Like the fact that, uh, I thought I was like a quite a needy person, which I mean, maybe I still am a little bit of a needy person, but like I was needy because (laughs) I wanted to spend time with my significant other. Like, how dare you? How could I want that? I'm disgusting and depraved. Like that was a thing I want. I was like, oh, I want to spend time with this person. Like, you know, a few times a week. I want to make time for that person. And in my head, I was like, God, I'm so needy. And then now it's like, wait a hot second actually that's a normal thing to want in a relationship never mind so i don't know i i i'm doing the, i'm basically i'm doing the same thing but um for me it's been quite positive 
<laughs> I think, yeah, I think when you when you're with someone for five years, that's a big chunk of life, and it'll probably take a while for that person to kind of not be in the back of your mind and not have those experiences in the back of your mind. Um, but I think with things that you don't really want to be thinking. The way that I approach them is that I acknowledge that I'm thinking them and then I move on. Like I go like, oh, I've had that thought. I'm pushing it to the side. I don't try and like make myself not do things. I just kind of go, okay, that's a thought I had. Whatever, moving on. Yeah, I, that's a really good, like, that's like a classic good therapy strategy. I think. I, um, I was talking to my friend the other day about how because like friends of mine sometimes have similar problems to me when it comes to anxiety and stuff. I steal little nuggets of therapy to give to them, which obviously is not really stealing, but like, you know, therapy is something that if you're lucky enough to have private therapy, you pay for and you know, you pick up these techniques and these like ways of thinking and then you can pass them on to people, which is really like a really nice thing. Although obviously you have to be careful not to become some kind of like proxy therapist. Cause you know, we're not qualified. Um, but yeah, and I was just like giving giving out some nuggets of therapy the other day. <laughs> and it was very enjoyable. Our next question is from someone who wants us to pick a name. And I'm going to call him Russell Hobbs. Is that the name of like a kitchenware brand? Yes. Isn't that the name of the people who make the kettles? Russell Hobbs Kettles. Okay, I'm going to call him Russell Hobbs Kettles. So... Um, RHK says, hi, Lexiana. Nice. Oh, I like that. That's our couple name. Wait, is there a better one? No. No, Rex. I think it's the best one. Rex is the other one. (laughs) I'm a trans man, female to male, attracted to women. I started hormones, had chest surgery, and now live stealth in my preferred gender, meaning I'm not out to anyone. As a result, I worry about what I'll do if I, if or when I enter a relationship. I know eventually I'll tell the truth, especially if we become sexual, but I wouldn't feel comfortable revealing it if I didn't feel it was serious either. I've made close friends in the past few years that don't know this about me. I'd feel strange about coming out to someone who may not know me as well, especially if they end up feeling uncomfortable about it. It's quite a heavy thing to reveal and it raises a lot of other things to discuss. I'd like to hear from your perspectives on what you'd expect if you were on the other side of this. I get the sense you wouldn't be the sort of people to scream and run away, but I would appreciate some honest insight into how you might react if the person you were dating revealed they were trans and your personal thoughts on what you feel would be the right time to share that info. Thanks, chums. I feel so extremely unqualified right now. I feel very aware of my complete absence of qualifications on my wall. Although, at the same time, Russell Hobbs Kettles is asking us for our perspective on how we would feel in that situation um, as, like, cis people. I feel like, first and foremost, it has to come from a place where you're comfortable sharing it. Um, Whether that's... I think that's probably going to change depending on person to person. (sighs) To some degree, I feel like you've just got (laughs) to... This sounds so cheesy. Like, just, like, trust that the moment will come that you'll be like, okay, I'm ready to share it with this person. And... I do feel like that anyone who you'd want to be with longer term, hopefully, while even though they might be a bit, like, surprised or maybe even, like, a tiny bit hurt that it hadn't been said, will hopefully just, like, appreciate that it's a difficult thing to... to, a difficult moment to have. But, I don't know. Lex, what do you think? I think you should stop giving such good advice on our stupid comedy podcast. (laughs) Ugh. Come on, you're going to make me look bad. I just want to sit in the corner and do jokey jokes. Uh, I know you asked us about like our personal kind of 
reactions or approach to this. I feel like I very much, um, if I like someone, I like someone. And aside from being an axe murderer, I don't think there are that many things they could reveal to me that would be so much of a game changer that I'd be like, nah, this isn't happening. I mean, I know that sounds very um, general, but I do think that once I have built a bit of a connection with a person, um, yeah, there aren't tons of things that could make me be like, wait a second, this changes everything that weren't about like core beliefs. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Was that helpful? Who knows? I'm gonna drink my beer and shut up now. Our next question is from Rachel, who says, Dear Lex and Rosianna, so my question is basically how do I stop fucking my housemate? Nice. I recently moved into a house share with strangers in a post-graduation crisis, and I've somehow ended up getting on with this guy six times in six weeks. Nothing serious is ever going to happen. We have totally opposing views on stuff. I mean, he voted Brexit, and he can be a right dick sometimes. How do I get a grip and stop A, pandering around trying to get his attention, B, stop hooking up with him? He's also casually started seeing another girl, hence why I really need to stop wanting to slash actually fucking him. Muchos love, Rachel. High five, Rachel. Six times in six weeks. One a week. Schedule it in. Tuesday night. I'm like, is that like a calendar event? I need to know more about the the scheduling of the situation. Every Tuesday at 7pm, I bone a racist. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I have some strong feelings about Brexit that come out uh, in a certain way when I've had a drink or two like right now i think you remember that our audience may have also voted brexit you can't help who you like who you fall in love with or who you fuck every tuesday but um you can also stop it like you know how to stop fucking your housemate stop putting your flesh together in different configurations like a human meat puzzle um, but puzzles are so much fun and puzzles are just there sometimes and you're just like watching TV and there's a puzzle there and you're like, oh, hey, I guess I'll do this puzzle. I think maybe just focus on the worst parts of him, not physically, but parts of his personality. Like the fact that you said he can be a right dick sometimes. And also he voted Brexit every time. Listen, every time you want to have sex with him, just picture Nigel Farage's face. Is it Nigel Farage? <gasps> okay. Wait Just a minute. Anytime. Are you having a casual sexual relationship with Nigel Farage? Oh god. Stop. Anytime you want to have sex with him, just think about that giant bus that said 350 million a week goes to the EU. We give it to the NHS. Lol JK. Just put that in your mind. That poster of like a line of people that said like enough is enough Britain's full which isn't really what it said but it said something like that just let that come to the forefront of your mind every time you're like "Mm, I want to touch his flesh and then don't do it also maybe just think about the word flesh that'll also stop you from wanting to have sex with him or meat puzzle meat puzzle just think "Mm, a fleshy meat puzzle Nigel Farage that'll be it you'll be like nope I'm done not this week cancel that appointment in my diary it's not happening Perfect. I think actually you've solved that. Picturing Nigel Farage would kill any... I don't... I honestly don't think I'm ever going to have sex again. Next question goes a little something like this. 
Man, I should be like a DJ on the radio. Hi, Rosianna and Lex. Decided to change up the order of your names. Let Rosianna have this moment, Lex. I will not. I was reading that. Why didn't I switch it back? Let's start again. Hi, Lex and Rosianna. And then in brackets, it says, Lex, every moment is your moment. My name's Gemma. I'm 20 and a university student. Also romantically, I'm inexperienced. Thought that might be a helpful point. I started having a crush on this guy back in October and November. No, no, no. I started having a crush on this guy back in October slash November, and then in February I thought, fuck it, and I sent him a message telling him how I felt. Considering we'd only spoken a few times, he was understandably surprised, saying he was confused as to what to say, but appreciated the honesty. I'd never told anyone I liked them before. We message each other occasionally, but when we see each other in real life, I get nervous, I shake, I ramble through our conversations, or I avoid him. Although he's very nice and confident. I find him intimidating. I decided to message him to ask him if he wants to get food. He said, well, he does like food, thank God. The thank God was my, like, little editorial note. Um, he couldn't because of essay deadlines and work. Uh, but he'd like to in the Easter break or summer term. Now it's the Easter break, but I'm too scared to ask again. He hasn't stated how he feels about me. I hate how intimidated I feel around him. I want to be able to talk to him like a normal person who doesn't look like a phone on vibrate when we make eye contact. <laughs> Oof. More saucy eye contact. You're a phone on vibrate just from eye contact. I love it. But talking to him also makes me feel good. Sorry for rambling. Gemma. P.S. If you read out my question and my Sibo, does that mean sibling? It does. Is this teen lingo? Tingo. Um, if my Sibo Chloe is listening, this is embarrassing, but let's talk about it. Oh, I thought you were going to say say hi to my sister, but it's the other one. My thinking with this straight away is that um, I feel like because of there's been like space between you talking to him, you like asking him out and you kind of also like set times to check in again. It, it's almost like you've made it um it's not that you've made it more than it is but it's more like it's more than you guys have had together yet like in your head you're like thinking about it all the time and you're like thinking about this person and um you feel like you've maybe been what I'm, the impression I'm getting from your message is that you feel like you've been like too much um which I don't think you have I think because what you said was that uh when you said that you liked him he was confused as to what to say I have to say, I've got to be honest with you. I'm getting the vibe that maybe, maybe he's not feeling that way. However, as a person on the internet who doesn't know either of you and doesn't know, really know the situation beyond this email that you sent, I could be wrong. So I don't want to like crush and chatter your dreams um, because I am often wrong about lots and lots of things. Earlier on, I saw what I thought was a goose. It was a white duck. <laughs> it wasn't a goose whatsoever. They have very different necks. It was very embarrassing. I was like, oh, some geese. And my boyfriend was like, "There's that's not what a goose is. Um, anyway, the point is this could be like, you know, I think it's a goose, but actually he wants to marry you. I think the fact that he does want to hang out with you, like, yeah, that's fine. And, and yeah, you have to remember that people can't see into your head because I forget this a lot. Like if I'm thinking a lot about someone or having complicated feelings about a relationship or you know, having a crush on someone, I kind of forget that the conversations that I'm having internally or the conversations I'm having with friends, like the other person doesn't know about that. They don't know about the amount of like inner processing you're doing. And it means that actually what's happened from his point of view is that you told him you liked him. You guys have like chatted a couple of times and you asked him to hang out and he said, yes, that's it. Like that's not a lot of stuff that's a normal amount of interaction to have with someone whether or not you were romantically interested in them or not so just hang out with them see how it goes it sucks to feel intimidated around people like 
But again, it's just, he doesn't know what's in your mind. And also, fake it till you make it. My advice for everything in the world. Except being a neurosurgeon. I'm going to give my advice for everything in the world. Talk about things you love. Because when you talk about things you love, I feel like you relax a little bit. Yeah, that's true. I just imagine that it's a friend that I'm catching up with. Like, I went on a second date with someone and they turned up and I was just immediately chatting to them about my day. And I didn't try and, like, ease into conversation. I literally just acted like they were a friend from the start. I was just like hey, oh my God, this crazy thing happened to me today. Like, you know, I just went for it in a way that I would with a friend. I didn't go like, oh, well, hello. This is this is how I imagine people are on dates. Hello. Hi, it's me, your date. Um, How many brothers and sisters do you have? <laughs> and what do you do what for do you a do living? For a living? What are your prospects? Are you gainfully employed? Are you though? Why are we the queen now? Hello, are you gainfully employed? Happy birthday, Queen. I'm Queen Elizabeth and I'm dating for the first time in a while. This is dark because that means her husband has died. I have just died. turned 91 and I have decided <laughs> polygamy is for me. Please swipe right. <laughs> Yay, we fixed it. We, ha- we just say that after everything. <laughs> it's almost like we... It's going to be great for our merch. Yay, we fixed it. It's going to be the t-shirt that you can buy yeah. with your hard-earned cash Alongside the uh, make out with him, break up with him, t-shirt combos. Yes. Also, only fuck... What, what was the title? Only hot dogs go to heaven. Only fuck hot books. Only fuck hot books would be a great shirt. I would wear that shirt. And you just know that, like, that's a talking point. Yeah. Anyway, our next question's from Lex. But not this Lex. It's from me. Um, it's from me. Hey, Lex and Rosianna. Love the podcast. There's a guy I've known for a few years now, but never really spoken to, who I've always thought was really cute. Recently, through mutual friends, we've been reintroduced and gotten fairly close. I always thought he was straight, but turns out he's pansexual, however leans more towards girls. I have a pretty big crush on him, but I don't want to ruin what could be a potentially good friendship. I worry that the chance of me falling into the guys he likes category is fairly slim. Help! Thanks. From Lex. Although, to avoid confusion, feel free to call me Randy Giles, or Horny Giles, or Desperate for a Shag Giles. Is that a Buffy reference? Yeah, it's a Buffy reference. If I was a real Buffy fan, I would have known that straight away. Um, However, they took Buffy off Netflix. And so how can you know? Let me just address first. If he is pansexual, he leans towards girls. But that there's a there's an opening. And sometimes he doesn't lean that way. It's so. It's so difficult just not knowing when people yeah. like you. And it's it's so difficult um, just generally in the world, even knowing like who's single, who's like interested in your, like maybe your gender. I don't know. It's such a tough world out there. And I actually once, when I was younger, when I was a fresh young teen with new ideas, came up with, I hope people from Silicon Valley are listening to this, a really good system by which you would wear, if you were interested in relationships, you would wear a wristband. And like... <gasps> like those parties at uh, university, the traffic light party. Exactly, but you would wear it like all the time. But then I realized that actually, as I was describing the system, I was like, okay, and then you could like have one for single or one for like, if you're like polyamorous and one for, um, if you're interested in like a sexual relationship and one if you're not and all this stuff. And then I was like, and then you could have like, gender preferences and then i was like wait this sounds a lot like fascism 
You can't be like, you got to label what, like, it doesn't sound good, does it? It's yeah. like, yeah, and then we can have different labels on people for what their sexuality is. Nope. Well, that itself doesn't sound like fascism. What it is, is like the potential to be corrupted. Yeah. And like, I don't think you were like a tiny fascist. I hope not. But although, I mean, I think you were t- probably a tiny fascist for other reasons. I just don't know that this was the one. Thanks. It's, it's good to hear that from you. I think it You're was welcome. me approaching it from the most like privileged position, not the most privileged position possible, but almost the most privileged position possible and being like, yeah, there won't be at all a problem with someone wearing an outward wristband that like, yeah. you know, displays it. Like, I don't know what's wrong Makes with me. Makes them hyper visible, even though they already feel hyper visible. Yeah, like obviously some people want to be hyper visible, but like, why? Anyway, tiny fascist Lex, shut up. <laughs> Um, that should have been the name of your YouTube channel instead of Tyrannosaurus Lex. Tiny, Tiny fascist, fascist Lex. Lex. Yeah, that would have gone down really well all the time you'd with be everyone. Very, you'd have a very healthy audience right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, we all know fascists love YouTube. I guess if you don't want to ruin the friendship, that that is worth considering. Because we're, you know, a podcast called Make Out With Him. We are sometimes a bit biased towards making out with people. But yeah. I think that actually... If you think it through and you genuinely think um, this friendship is important to you and you don't want to waste it or ruin it or potentially ruin it because you might not ruin it, then that is a genuine and valid thing. We love the friend zone. It's the friendliest zone. The friend zone's not real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when are you going to retract that? But I feel like you always know in your gut what you actually want. I feel like you always... Unless you have food poisoning, because as someone who's recently had food poisoning, I don't know what I want. Oh, you know what you should do is that thing where someone else makes the decision for you about whether or not you should go ahead and do it or just stay friends. And when someone else makes the decision for you, it makes you realize what you actually want because... (gasps) Like the Phoebe Buffet Like the Phoebe Buffet movement, friends, when she pretends, spoiler alert, stop listening for a while if you uh, still haven't caught up on friends somehow... (laughs) Um, she pretends that Rachel's not pregnant when she actually is so that she gets Rachel's genuine reaction and Rachel's sad that she's not pregnant because she wants a little babby and but you know what that's a risky game it is a risky game however we're only playing it kind of privately with Giles desperate for a shag Giles because Rosianna and I right now are making the decision that you should just stay friends and not jeopardize the friendship how does that make you feel if it makes you Rosianna's shaking her head like nah I've made that decision for you. And how does it make you feel? If it makes you feel like, oh, but I feel like I'm missing out and I'm sad and I, you know, maybe then that means it's the other one. Aha, fixed it. Our last question is about our new topic, which is friendship. And it goes like this. How do you deal with trust and self-confidence issues in friendships? Every time I ask a friend to hang out, I feel like they must have better things to do. And every time I share my feelings with a friend, I feel like I'm oversharing and inconveniencing them. I also feel insecure talking to friends because I feel they'll talk behind my back about me. Not even in a bad way. I just don't like the idea of someone knowing something about me when I haven't told them. I know this is crazy. Please help. Pumpkins and penguins. I don't actually know where this came from. Anna. I like that. She just doesn't (laughs) know about pumpkins and penguins because she doesn't listen to Dear Hank and John. However... It's now become our thing that we have stolen from another podcast. Sorry, Hank. Sorry, John. I'm not sorry. It's ours now. I don't know. With me, I'd like when I was reading this, I was thinking about the, the fact that with me, sometimes it's hard for me to accept that like, I'm not going to be the perfect friend all the time. I'm often a terrible friend. I'm often not good at the friendship. 
So there will be situations where I will be discussed. There are always going to be things that people talk about uh, with you. I don't think the, the response to that is to not have relationships with people in the real world, like have friendships with people in the real world, because I think you lose so much um, not having those friendships. You lose those deeper connections. You lose the fact that people are looking out for you and like that you can, I don't know, all go outside and dance the new Lord song and uh, eat sandwiches together. And I don't know, all the like little things that are just joyful about friendship. In Rosianna's friendship utopia, we eat sandwiches and listen to Lord, and that's it. Isn't that your friendship utopia? No, in my utopia, there's chips. Oh, yeah, we did that the other day, the other week. We did. We, well, yeah. we kind of did, but then you had to go and be a proper business lady. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you... I don't know. There's so many different parts of this. First of all, you're a worthy, wonderful person who's worthy of friends. And second of all, people talk about everyone. No, I think it's true. Like, And it won't necessarily mean in a bad way. Um... I think if you are uncomfortable with people talking about certain things, you should just tell them up front, like, hey, I really appreciate if you didn't discuss this with anyone else. Because I don't know about you, but I can't keep my own secrets, but I can keep other people's secrets. Like, I have no filter whatsoever when it comes to my own stuff. And I will just tell people things that I never intended to. It just all comes out. But with other people, I am very good at not talking about their stuff because it's not my stuff to give i have really struggled with the same thing that you're talking about the self-confidence issue feeling like you're like the last on someone's list wow my cat is staring at me so intensely right now first on her list oh god clearly her hit list she's gonna (laughs) kill me in my sleep um i think that it's very rarely actually connected to your experience of like your friendships i think it's very much a uh, a self-worth issue and i think also um i i especially feel uncomfortable assuming people want to hang out with me or assuming that i'm you know someone that people would enjoy spending time with which is silly because i'm all right you're pretty great (laughs) oh thanks rosiana i i just think yeah a lot of it comes from that self-confidence and self-worth um and that is something to maybe that's something I'm trying to work on. And I think that's probably something a lot of people could do with working on. We've all got to like ourselves more. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's important to remember that it's kind of similar to the question we were answering before about um, how stuff's happening in your head and it's not happening kind of outwardly a lot of the time is that even if you're worried and thinking, oh, I'm such a burden, I'm like the last person anyone wants to hang out with, all that kind of stuff actually all they get is like you asking to hang out or you chatting to them and if they're your friends they will want that (laughs) and they're definitely not seeing the side of it where you're thinking like oh god this is too much or these people don't want to spend time with me i mean also if you have close friends that you feel comfortable talking to this about talking about to this no it was the first one i was right (laughs) the first one definitely Uh, the first one Anyway, if, you, if you're comfortable having those conversations, I think you should just talk to them about it. And maybe not say, like, I feel like you have better things to do, but just say, you know, oh, sometimes I struggle with feeling like I am, I guess like maybe... Talking about myself a lot. or Yeah, exactly. Like, I never, I you know, that's a thing. But, I mean, as long as you frame it as something that is uh, kind of a feeling you're having, whereas, like, a behaviour they are doing to you... 
it can be helpful for people to know what's going through your mind, basically, because I know that if someone said something like that to me, I would make sure that, you know, some friends I know that if if they ask to hang out, I can just say, no, I'm busy. Yeah. And they won't care because they're just like, oh, you're busy, whatever. But if I had a friend who I knew was particularly sensitive to feeling like they were like, yeah, like last on people's lists or um, like the last option or whatever, there's no way I'd be like, now nah, I'm just busy. I'd be like, I'm really sorry. I'm busy. Here are the reasons. But let's hang out soon. Like, yeah. you know, I, I would be able to treat it with more sensitivity. You wouldn't I be have, like, bye, Felicia. I wouldn't have the emotional capacity of a teaspoon. Good. I think that is good advice. Good advice from us. You know what? I have my guitar next to me and I was thinking that I should just do little like guitar interludes between questions. And then I thought, wait, maybe don't do that because it sounds really annoying and bad. Well, let me tell you why. I'm not a talented improviser and I'll prove it to you. Here's my guitar. Oh. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Anyway, here is... That wondrous, wondrous wall. Oh my god. Oh, oh my. Beautiful. Slightly out of tune. What do you want me to improvise? Go. A dating bio request. <gasps> oh, we have dating bio requests. We, we told do. people that if they sent in some information about themselves, we would create a dating bio for them. And a couple of people actually did send in their info for some bios. Should I read one out and then you can do an improv? Yeah. All right. So Mary says, I started dating my now husband in 2011 when I was 18. So I completely missed out on the Tinder internet dating thing. When you mentioned on the podcast that you could write Tinder bios for people, I started thinking about what my Tinder bio would be if I had one. And I just don't know. So do you want to write a Tinder bio for me? Yes, we do. Fast facts. I'm a Ravenclaw. I have a cat. I'm a middle school teacher, but I'm quitting my job at the end of the year. I like reading. I like baking and cooking, but not as much as I like watching baking and cooking reality shows. I also don't even know what to include in these fast facts because I don't know how Tinder buyers work. I'm going to edit all this out so it seems like I just came up with a beautiful song instantly. <laughs> I can teach you a few things about reading and baking and also about how to watch cooking and baking reality shows. I'm a teacher. That was what I was referencing when I said I could teach you some things. Meow. <laughs> I think we can all agree that I have nailed it. I thought that was brilliant. I love that. (laughs) Aw, Rosianna's my, like, she's like my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Rosianna. Well done. You were the best one in the show. You tried really hard. Yeah, like, well done in the nativity, playing the third rock from the left. You were great. (laughs) Thanks, Rosianna. Everyone knows the third rock from the left is the most important rock. For a second, I was like, wait, is it? And then I was like, what am I talking about? Am I talking about the planets? Which is the third planet on the left? That's uh, third rock from the sun, right? Oh, I see. Let's wrap this baby up in cling film. Hot. Oh, no, no, definitely not hot. Some people are into that. Also, people, yeah, but babies. Let me just leave you with a story, which is that Um, I have had these conversations before about how in like sexual relationships, I think that, uh, I personally, oh my God, there's so many people listening to this. I personally 
Sorry, mum and dad, if you're listening. But basically, I feel like I would try anything once, as long as I wasn't like, I knew immediately it was like a huge boundary to cross and I'd be like, nah. And I remember having a conversation where I was like, some people like to pee on each other and that's a thing that they like and no judgment, that's just a thing they like. And I remember (laughs) someone saying to me like, well, would you like let me pee on you if that's what I was into? And I just thought for a second and then I was like, yeah, but I'd wrap myself in cling film first. (laughs) It's a compromise. That's what relationships are about. I mean, also it's extremely practical. I know. I with, like, the chocolate syrup stuff. I'm like, go for it. But that seems like a real mess. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Make Out With Him. We'll be back next week with more questionable romantic advice. But also friendship, because now we deal in that too. We deal in that. That's some of our stuff. It's our currency. Friendship is our currency. But love is our remedy. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Um, Should we... we end with the theme song someone sent in? So yeah, someone sent us a lovely song in that I think we're going to use as our outro. It's beautiful. It, Helen has sent it in. It's wonderful. And we will let it close the show. Yeah, it's going to close it for us. Um, remember, you can send your questions to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com. You can use hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter. And you can use at makeoutwithhim also on Twitter. That's our Twitter handle. Um, thanks for listening. Roll the outro. If you're in the and Rosie Anna and they might just answer you